Now, you you said the the meal gap, and and based on your website, uh, I've I've read this thing. It says the meal gap for New York State is approximately four hundred and two million. That is New York State residences residents who experience food insecurity fall short of adequate diet by four hundred and two million meals in a single year. That was perfect, Chad. You got it. You can come work for us now. Oh, I well, well. <laughs> Hey, what everybody? Sounds good. Sounds good. We are live. We are live. Hey, good evening, everyone. Two Bros Podcast, episode 99.7, I think, right? Dot seven. This is a special treat. This is a special edition. We have a special guest with us right now. We have uh, Dr. Kamisha Grant from uh, Food Bank for New York City. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Sorry, we don't have any. Uh, and we'll add that in post production. Uh, we are so glad to have you with us. Uh, my, 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 um, how things have turned since the corona COVID 19 has hit us. So, um, without further ado, we'd love to introduce you. Uh, we'd like for you to introduce yourself. And without, um, you know, so we don't fuck it up because we're notorious for making things the way we want it to look like. Uh, why don't you tell the people who you are and what you do? Sure. So thank you for having me tonight. Really excited to be talking to you guys. Um, I'm Kanisha Grant. I am a Queens native, born and raised in the Rockaways. Yay, yay, Rockaways. Um, we know, we know some of you Queens guys don't, don't consider the Rockaways Queens. but uh, <laughs> I went to Beach Channel. So I went to Beach Channel. So. Uh, okay, that's right. That's right, John. Yeah. Um, so Rockaway girl, um, grew up out here in public housing, still live in Rockaway actually, nice. grew up in public housing, raised by a single mom, um, relied on government assistance for food and, um, you know, had a dream, had a, a goal and, and a plan and worked really hard, uh, educated through, uh, Virginia State University, yay, VSU, mm. uh, where I got my undergrad degree and then Fordham University for my master's and doctorate degree in social work. Wow. So my background is in social work. I worked with the Administration for Children's Services for 17 years, working in child abuse and neglect. Mm. Um, and then I've been with the Food Bank in New York City for about eight years now. Um, yeah. And I'm currently the vice president for our community partnerships. And what that means essentially is that I work with all of the emergency food programs across the city. So mm. we have over 1,000 soup kitchens, pantries um, across the city. Yeah, over 1,000. That's over 1,000, um, feeding 1.5 million New Yorkers every year wow. who struggle to afford food. So um, so the need is real. And that's pre-COVID-19. It's pre-COVID, right. Pre -COVID. I was about to say, because you, you you seem to find yourself in like a precarious position now, because your job is to is to, is to be around people, is to be able to service and, and provide yeah. for people. But now we're in an environment in which, you know, a lot of people are probably trying to convince you, hey, we really shouldn't have so many people in in a certain spot, and and, and if I understand it correctly, you had to you had to take some of your uh, some of your volunteers and then tell them and tell them no, not to yeah. uh, you know, not, not to be a particular uh, not to be a particular site. So it must be really difficult. It, it is. Uh, we're an organization. We rely on over eight hundred volunteers a week to be able to do the work that we do and to be able to make sure the New Yorkers are fed. So during this time, we've had to make a lot of changes in the way we do our business. Um, normally we would offer what we call client choice. And that means that if I'm a client and I go to a pantry, it really is like going to a supermarket. I can go in, there, there are items on the shelves, I can choose what I want, because what we don't want to do is give you a mystery bag of groceries, right? Ah, Just okay. because you don't have a lot of money and you're struggling to afford food, who am I to say, hey, well, take what you get and you should eat it and enjoy it and mm. quiet about it, right? Mm. So we like to preserve dignity. We like to make sure that our clients can come in choose and shop just as any of us would do in a supermarket. Well, with COVID-19, we haven't been able to do that because we can't let people inside, as you said, John, we can't let large crowds congregate outside of our space. We can't even have our volunteers um, come and help us out. So we really have been packing bags um, of items, things that are good and nutritional um, and that we hope New Yorkers like when they get home, but we've had to really shift to a grab and go model. So what that means is the bags are pre-packed, we hand them off. The New Yorker comes up, grabs it, and they head out. And so we've been doing that. And uh, 
we have about 40% of our pantries that have actually closed. Mm. And that is, um, that's huge, right, for us. So that is in part due to the fact that a lot of them are led by seniors. So we know that seniors are vulnerable. They are yeah. at high risk of uh, contracting the disease. And so they're being asked to stay home. And so once they are out of the equation, um, you know, we really then look really at our, our universe and said, hey, we have, we're operating now at a little over 50% of our network. We have to pivot quickly and make some changes. Wow. So um, you, you mentioned, so how many uh, employees are there in uh, food bank? Um, are they, are they, are these are regular nine to five employees or, yeah. or how does the, how is the financial structure? I saw a financial page there. Um, and uh, is it a not-for-profit? Is it funded? Yeah. Is it, it's not-for-profit? It is, it is a not-for-profit. We have about 125 paid staff. Okay. We work out of three different locations. We have our administrative offices downtown Manhattan at 39 Broadway. Okay. We have a soup kitchen and pantry that we own and operate up in Harlem. That's on 116th Street in Frederick Douglass. And then our warehouse, which is where all of our food goes. It's housed hmm. in Fort there. It's a 90,000 square foot warehouse up in Hunts Point in the Bronx. And we have staff that work out of that location. So 125 across the three buildings. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, so are you finding it difficult? And, and I see your plight, obviously, for donations, and we're going to share that uh, donation link here. Um, how difficult is it for to get people to actually help? Well, you know, we so what happens with donations is, is that I think people assume, well, no matter what I give, it's not going to be as helpful as they might need, right? Mm -hmm. And so they think, I don't have enough to help. And um, what people don't know is that every dollar actually allows us to provide five meals. Five so meals. So one dollar, one dollar makes five meals. Five meals for the American need. Yeah. Wow. So we have the buying power to be able to turn that dollar into five meals. Mm. And so we say to New Yorkers, listen, there is no amount that's too small. Um, obviously, we have our, our larger donors and corporate partners that support us, and they are amazing and have been. But we have everyday New Yorkers who write a check and you know send it every month. And so um, for everything in between, we're grateful. And we just want New Yorkers to know that there is no amount that's too small. Anything that you can give to help your neighbor, uh, we're grateful for and, and able to turn that into food. Wow. Who, uh, who is the, um, is, is, is there a misconception as to who, uh, who, now who a patron of the, of the food bank is? Because a lot of times we have this, this perception that uh, it's, it's, it's people who are on their, you know, they're, they're, they're coming in and, and clawing in by their nails. And a lot of people don't realize that actually working families need, need, uh, yes. need assistance as well. Absolutely. That's a great question. Um, I think, you know, historically, we've heard about sort of the homeless population going to soup kitchens and we heard about soup kitchens serving soup. Right. Um, and that has changed tremendously, John. We are seeing the working poor. We have New Yorkers that work every day um, and they can't afford food because, one, the rent is super high in New York City. I think right. we can all agree to that. So if you think about a New Yorker that's working, making an average salary, perhaps minimum wage, and then they're also struggling to be able to meet the needs of their families as, as right. it relates to food, somewhere along the line, something is going to fall short. And the reality is people are choosing between being hungry and homeless, right? And so what mm -hmm. we don't want is to find that New Yorkers are making those tough decisions. And so that's why we have soup kitchens and pantries and places that they can come and access food. And one of the things that I didn't say is that everything is free in a soup kitchen or pantry. So mm. if you come to any of those locations, you attest to need by showing up. There's no means testing. I'm not going to ask you how much you make. Wow. I'm not going to look at your clothes and say you look wow. like you can afford food. I'm wow. not there to judge you. I'm there to help you. Food Bank mm. New York City is there to make sure that you get what you came for, and that's food. And and um and what a noble what a noble thing and did not know this existed to this level. I always thought that you had to have some sort of, I, I, we, me and John grew up on public assistance as well. Right. And, um, you know, you couldn't, we, we come from those days where you couldn't buy things if you didn't have the actual book, you know, you, right. had, to, you had to have the actual that package. You, you couldn't tear it out before you got to the store. No, only singles and fives you could use, but you could not use the 20. That's if you right. didn't have the actual book and then yeah. that has transcribed to the ebt card and has gone right uh so you mean to tell me oh this address that's here and we'll gladly post that 
anyone can pull up. Is there a line outside? Is there typically, I mean, now I'm sure, right? Absolutely. So when you come to any of those locations, the likelihood is you're going to see a line, right? Yeah. Um, and that really attests to the need being just that great. So mm -hmm. people are online, they're waiting patiently to get their needs met. It's even more of a challenge now than it's COVID-19 because we're trying to not have people congregate in lines. Yeah. And we're trying to create lines that allow for social distancing. So you might see a line that literally spans five blocks down the street because we have to create the space in between each individual. Mm -hmm. So not only are people standing online, you know, they're waiting, they are, they have on their PPE, they're wearing their masks, they're trying to make sure that they are safe and that the people around them are safe. And what I always say to people is nobody wants to be on that line. You're right. not coming on that sure. line yes. just because you're greedy, you're lazy. Yeah. If you come on that line, you need food. You right? need food. So, yeah. I mean, that's just the reality. Who's going to come stand on the line for food unless they really need it? And so, right. again, there's no value, no judgment. You come and, and we want to make sure you get what you need. Over the uh, last month or so, have you have you seen uh, an, an increase or a decrease uh, in people coming to your uh, food pantries? Great question. Yes. We're absolutely seeing an increase. Um, about 46% of our pantries reported seeing their lines double in size. Um, and so that just goes to show you that the lines are longer. We're seeing a lot of new people come to the mm. pantry. So you have your traditional sort of, you know, people who come and they are clients and they go to the sites regularly. But mm. now what we're seeing is that there are new faces. And these are the faces of the New Yorkers who have laid, been laid off, who are no longer getting paid, right? And um, their businesses have closed. And so they're not working. So they are now turning to food pantries and soup kitchens for food as well. So absolutely an increase on the demand, um, and which means an increase on the supply side. And so we have to do more to be able to get more food in. Has, wow. has, 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 that, has that reciprocated in, in, in more donations and in, in more uh, of your, your corporate sponsors realizing that there is a greater need? And so you know, maybe, maybe that balances out somewhere or is that, uh, is that wishful thinking? Um, I don't know if it balances out, but we certainly have had a really good response from our partners, um, our corporate partners, our donors, um, from the government, from the city. So we, we are getting the resources in. Um, but the reality of this, right, is that we don't know what post-COVID-19 is going to look like. Right. And we don't know how long it's going to go on. So people mm. can, this need can increase and continue to increase um, as the months and the weeks pass. So we don't know what that's going to mean. So wow. we don't know if we have enough, so to speak, right? Because the need beyond from this point and on is, is likely to be greater and to last over a, an extended period of time. So we're still fundraising and, and looking for donations from anyone who can uh, can really support us. Now, what do you do you to, in, in form of a donation? Obviously, is it only financial or do you accept the uh, cartons, cans? Or you, do, you, do you do a hard and soft type of donation or how does it work? So, so cash is king, right? Yep. <laughs> so just Amen. To, to be really upfront, you know, um, we know how to utilize the dollars that we get in a way that allows us again to maximize those on those resources. Um, we Food Bank for New York City, we're what you would call an umbrella organization. So while we are the larger overarching organization, we do have on the ground soup kitchens and pantries that are also distributing food. Some of them do take donations and they might take, you know, have food drives, they might take canned goods. We do not take that type of inventory because we do have a large warehouse. So because we're su supplying the network, that food is going out in pallets, right? It's going out on a huge truck. So for us to get those types of donations, we need manpower to go through it, to sort it, to decide what's, you know, what we want to be able to use and can use based on expiration dates. So it just takes more for us to be able to do that. So it's not that we're being picky, yeah. um, just that the way our business runs, our model is to really move large volumes of food in a really small window of time. And in order to do that, we need to be able to quickly get the dollars, go to the vendor, make the, you know, ask, order the food, buy it, and then send it where we know it needs to go. And so oh, I assume, you know, I come uh, from the hotels uh, space and the hotel industry. And, you know, we've uh, made foods for hundreds of people for for for, pro uh, for profit, you know, and and for selling and for high end. But how does do you have the same? Do you have a, a head food of beverage? Do you have a, a director? Do you have a, a procurement director? All of the facets or is who's inspecting the food? Is there? some sort of quality control 
yeah. in these warehouses. I mean, these are great jobs to have. I mean, I'm I can imagine the the uh, the badge of honor that these folks wear when they work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're proud. We're all proud to be able to do what we do, which is help New Yorkers in need. Um, we have various units and teams within the organization. Mm -hmm. So at our soup kitchen and pantry, for example, in West Harlem, we have a full culinary team there, right? So wow. they're pushing out 500 hot meals a day. They're providing meals, two meals a day for seniors. So seniors can come in and have breakfast and supper with us. Mm. And then there's a community meal every night. So every night we have about 300 people that show up on the line and come in and dine with us. It's a community style kitchen. And I mean, our chefs are making good food, right? We're not giving out soup at the soup kitchen. I sure. think so many people sure. still have pop that. Up, right? They think that they throw it all in a pot and whatever <laughs> right. comes out, you'd be grateful, right? Absolutely. That's not happening. I mean, we have chicken, we have collard greens, mac and cheese. I mean, mm -hmm. you can come and get a real nice Sunday dinner. And our chef puts her foot in it. So, um, or as she says, her, you know, her heart in it. She cooks Putting it well. And so Amen. we're super, um, super proud to be able to do that. And then at our warehouse, which is a completely different team, um, we have our receiving team, we have our procurement team that's ensuring that everything we bring in mm -hmm. is healthy, is nutritious. Um, our receiving team, they go through all of the inventory and inspect it. And then we have volunteers during our normal work year um, that come in and help us to really break down those large packages and bins of food that we buy from retailers right. into smaller boxes that then can go on a truck and go out to our pantries. So like I said, you know, a lot of them are run by volunteers, a lot of our pantries and by seniors. So we can't just throw everything at them and then expect right. that when they get it on the ground, they're going to know what to do with it. We have to make it manageable, manageable. Um, and so that when they get it, they can easily get it out to the public. And that's what we want. Wow. Wow. This is this is a, a well-oiled machine and um, uh, uh, probably a lot more than what the average person thinks of as a soup kitchen. You know, yeah. like they, you know, the concept of a soup kitchen is. Uh, you know, a, a line of hobos, you know, standing outside um, waiting for, you know, just anything. And then the, the yeah. guy comes out and says, sorry, we, this is the last meal, you know, right. cut the line off. Um, I have to tell you, Chad, not to interrupt, but just to let you know, to that point, what we had to do, because we were seeing so many families with children, is that we had to dedicate an hour for just children, families uh, with small children oh. in our soup kitchen. So we yeah. call that supper club. And it's a time where families can come together. Kids are walking in with their uniforms and their backpacks on. Families are sitting down, dining together, but they're also connecting around homework, yeah. around just yeah. catching up on how was your day. Um, you know, families really just get to interact and engage with their children over a meal. Wow. And um, we had to make that shift because of the number of children we were seeing coming to the lines. Wow. So do you, um, uh, where, where does the... Uh... Where does your job end with this and how much do you, I, I guess what I'm saying is, is you, you kind of mentioned it and I'm kind of just pushing here, but do you see a, a family that needs help and offer additional services? Do you point them in directions? Do you give them the next, because, you know, a meal is a bandaid, you know, right. this is something that the, sustainability in, in the home must, you know, we, we got to sustain, you got to eat every day. So Absolutely. something in their lives and we can all be on that line any day any, any any one of us can be on that line any day w what kind of services are you helping them with to go forward and to cure uh their hunger uh their need for or being uh, fed so um that's a really good question so we we certainly work with new yorkers around long-term sustainable solutions to end hunger mm -hmm. and you're right if we give them a bag of food they're gonna come back because they need another bag of food, yeah. right? To get yeah. them through the next day and the next week. Um, so one of the things that Food Bank for New York City does is that we help to connect people to the benefit that allows them to go into a supermarket. And that is SNAP, as we talked a little bit about earlier. Once known as food, yeah. SNAP, now it's SNAP. Um, yeah. Our pantries are trained to be able to, once someone comes in for food, assess their ability to qualify for SNAP and then help them complete a SNAP application and submit mm -hmm. that for them. So what we don't want to do is say, hey, do you have food stamps? Okay, no, we want to send you to this other place, which oh. is five blocks down. Go there on Thursday at 6 a.m. Hopefully somebody right. will help you. Uh, we want to, absolutely, right? So we want to maximize on the time that we have with them when they are with us. And so our training allows for all of our soup kitchens and pantries to be able to navigate that and mm -hmm. help New Yorkers who aren't connected to SNAP be able to, one, be connected. Um, and then if they are 
already connected, we can help them to really assess if they are getting the right amount of SNAP. So there might be a need for certification or reassessment of their SNAP benefits because they've had additions to the family. And a lot of people don't know that. So, you know, we can help them do that. Um, one of the challenges to that is that some of our immigrant families are afraid to connect to the SNAP benefit, mm -hmm. right? So, so there's a real thing called public charge where, you know, immigrant families are afraid that if they get connected to a benefit, that is a government governmental Yep, very good. Now it's like, hey, you might not be eligible for mm -hmm. a green card because we don't want to have to take care of you. So they say, whoa, whoa, I don't want to be on SNAP. Or if they are on SNAP, they're now asking us if we can help them get off of the rolls. So while we're working diligently to connect people, we have a whole population of people now that we're seeing coming to us saying, can you just take me off? I don't, I don't want it. Um, not, not I don't need it. I, I don't want it. I don't, want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. Absolutely. And so another thing that we are also um, known for is our free tax program. And so when people hear Food Bank for New York City, they're like, oh, you guys do taxes? We have one of the largest tax return, pro free tax return wow. programs. And so our what? goal is to protect. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Our goal is to protect New Yorkers from predatory lenders. And so we have, again, pantries that are trained to be able to uh, complete tax returns and to help New Yorkers get money back into their pockets, not only money wow. back into their pockets, buying power back into their communities. Right. Mm. So we don't take anything. We're not going to take a percentage. We're not going to take a penny. You take a cut. You don't. You're getting yeah. all of your money so that uh. you can do what you need for your family and, and have that ability to put that money back into your community. What a, so what I, had, I had no idea that, that was the case. So that's awesome. What yeah. a huge resource that, um, uh, you know, we'd love to hear more people tapping into this. And, you know, unfortunately, we're on the outside looking in and that's why we're having doing this piece is because we want to be educated about it. And most of our viewers are people we've grown up with people that we've uh, had close association with friends, family. Right. And I want to say we're okay. And we're in that class where we don't, you know, what we, what the eyes don't see the stomach doesn't taste. And right. so we all have this, uh, a bit of wow, that's someone else's problem. But to see a friend of ours like yourself on the front line, and this is considered front line to me. Absolutely. I mean, John, what do you think? I mean, I, Absolutely. I think this is front line. I mean, trying to help people. Uh, and again, your 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 plight goes prior COVID. You you've been yes. doing this. You said uh, eight years now. Eight you years now, yeah. And Food Bank has been in existence for almost thirty-seven years. So, so how, how does Food Bank uh, compare up to the ones that I'm more uh, familiar with is City Harvest, mm -hmm. um, which is, uh, you know, at when I worked at the hotel, Crown Plaza Hotel in Broadway, right. after end of shift, all, we took all the food that was going to, you know, to City Harvest, you know. Right. And, so City Harvest, um, they do food rescue. So that's one of the reasons why you would have been working with them to be able to take that um, that food that was not able to be utilized yeah. because they do food rescue. So we are partners. Yeah. We work together in this space. Um, oh, you do? Oh, you, you work with them in some way? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. We Beautiful. work with them and we have, uh, we share a lot of the same organizations. And so as I talked about our over 1,000 soup kitchens and pantries, a lot of them also get food from City Harvest. So they work with us and they work with City Harvest to be able to make sure that they have enough to meet the needs of the community. Wow. So over the, um, over, over the eight years you've been there, do you see the same, um, and maybe you, maybe, you don't, maybe you don't know this, but do you see the same families uh, needing to be serviced consistently? Or is this something where uh, somebody might need help for maybe like a three, four month period or or they got laid off, and so until the, until they get themselves back on their feet, uh, you don't you don't see them afterwards. Or, or do we see the same families? Do we see the same uh, people there consistently? Um, that's a good question. You know, um, I think we see, you can see a bit of both, right? So I've seen scenarios where someone has lost a job. They've come to us and they've connected to food. They've also connected to SNAP. And then over a period of time, they were able to find employment. They were able to come back and say, hey, thank you for your help. I actually have a job now. I'm actually stable oh. now. I oh. actually no longer need the support now. And I want to make sure that those who do need it have it. So I want to make sure to take myself out of, um, out of the play, out of play here. So that is happening. But on the other end of it, you absolutely have families who are in the struggle, essentially, right. for years. 
And some of this is also tied to certain communities, right? We know that different communities have different levels of resources. Um, you know, if you think about some pockets of Brooklyn, Canarsie, there's some places where pockets of hunger run really deep and we see that. And, right. and so we really, what, one of the things that we do is strategically deploy resources into communities where we know the need is greatest. So mm. we have the ability through what we call a meal gap map to pinpoint where hunger lives in our city. And we can then take more food directly into those communities, essentially just pouring more resources in there because the need is that much greater. So not all communities are created equal, right? So if we're you know, talking real talk here, we're not on the Upper East Side throwing yeah. a bunch of, yeah. a bunch of uh, emergency food in there. I'm sure that they have what they need. Now you you said the the meal gap and and based on your website uh, I've I've read this thing it says the meal gap for New York State is approximately four hundred and two million, that is New York State residences residents who experience food insecurity fall short of adequate diet by four hundred and two million meals in a single year. It's that was perfect, Chad. You got it. You can come work for us now. Oh well. well <laughs> I do my little fair share of public speaking. It also yeah. says that the meal gap uh, for New York City is nearly 200 million. Uh, that's New York City re yes. uh, residents who experience food insecurity fall short of adequate diet by 208 million meals in a single year. So this is insane. This is over 51 percent of New York State. I mean, the, yeah. So imagine trying to close that gap because that's essentially what emergency food does, right? Oh. The goal is to close that gap, to pour more food into those communities mm. where the gaps exist to be able to close the gap. And it literally is just like we're just spinning our, our reels here doing yeah. it. Um, and obviously we're going to keep doing it yeah. um, because the need is, is, is what it is. And it's super, it's great based on what you just said. It's huge. But well, this is, I mean, this is a tireless, this is a tire, uh, uh, something you can't get tired from. You, you have to, you have to have this in you and you, God bless you for having the, uh, the will and the gumption to get up every morning and put someone else in front of yourself yeah. Uh, everyone would say, you know, hey, a salary is one thing and, you know, go, but this is, this is a category that cares. This is, you have to, excuse our term, but we're frank here. You have to give a shit. Absolutely. And and Absolutely. this is a, this is a, a, something that, you know, not a lot of people can do if they just, you know, think about themselves and, you know, how do you sleep at night? Um, very little. Very, very little. <laughs> very very little. little. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough. It is right because it's not. You know, when I was going into the office or going into the soup kitchen, I see it. I'm not. I'm not in a location where I'm not connecting to the lines and connecting to the people who are coming up to me saying, "Hey, thank you so much. This meal was so good tonight. Thank you, mm. Chef killed it." You know, so I'm seeing that. I'm hearing Gee. that. And um, and I'm connecting with people because that's just who I am, right? I mm. I, I like to make sure that I am. I'm really on the front lines of this, even in my role. It's mm -hmm. nothing for me to get behind the counter and start plating food and serving. And mm -hmm. you know, I have my cloth and I'm cleaning the tables and they're like, aren't you, yeah. the, aren't you the boss? I'm like, no, I'm just cleaning the table today. <laughs> um, but that's just really to your point where you have to be to be able to be in this work yeah. um, because it is the need is that tremendous. And um it's a lot. It's a lot at times. And so you really have to work to create balance for yourself and um, and, and make sure that whatever self-care you are implementing in your day to day is something that you have consistently because it does it does begin to wear on you. Do you find do you find yourself? Um, I, I can almost imagine. And again, I, I come from the hotel uh, food and beverage side. I can imagine the anxiety of looking at the shelf saying, oh, my God, we don't have enough. Where, where's the, you know, so there's a lot of pressure here. There's a lot of phone calls. There's a lot of mad dashes. There's a lot of, you know, and, and that pain that must come with this to tell people, sorry, guys, we're out of food. Do you run out? Do you ever run out? So just to, to the first part of, oh my God, we don't have enough. Imagine the mom who's looking in her cabinet and looking yes. in the refrigerator, right? Yes. Um, to say, oh my God, we, we don't have enough. Um, mm. And so that's the challenge. That is the challenge. But to your question about running out, you know, we have resources and the different sites across the city 
have, in addition to Food Bank in New York City, other ways that they're getting food in. So thankfully, they're not solely relying on one source to get food in. Um, some of them have small budgets and they're buying food. As I said earlier, they're going to City Harvest and they're getting food. They have um, relationships with other donors that provide donations to them. So our, our network is really savvy in ensuring that they have multiple ways to be able to get to garner resources. Um, and Food Bank in New York City, um, being the umbrella organization, we have also large connections and our ability to be able to make sure that we do have food supply. So um, one of the things we're seeing now is just that there are some delays in the food supply chain. Okay. So shelf-stable foods are really hard to get. It could be a two to three week wait um, or lag time to be able to just get canned goods into our warehouse. And so we're seeing um, an abundance of fresh vegetables, frozen protein, but the canned goods and shelf-stable items, which is obviously what a lot of people need right now in this, mm. in this space, um, those things, um, there's some delay. So we're just working to make sure we can do our best to keep the supply chain moving and keep the product coming in. How far do you uh, forecast um, what you're, 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 are you a week away, a, a, a month away? What's your, um, yeah, you know, your par level, which we, what we would call it in the hotel business. So. We're not running out of food. We yeah. we are yeah we're good we're we we are not we can't run out of food I should say oh, oh I love it I love food bank for New York City we have New Yorkers relying on us and you know we we will continue to do our part to make mm. sure that cabinets and refrigerators um, are full for those families who need us and and really want them to feel secure and knowing that if they go to a pantry and or a soup kitchen, they're going to be able to get what they need. They're going to get what they need. Yes, absolutely. Uh, how, who markets, I'm, I'm sure you, you're part of this. And I saw a beautiful letter from uh, one of the fraternities who posted uh, a nice donation. Yeah. Uh, who, who's, is it your job to go out and solicit uh, donations from organizations like the Omega, was it Omega Sci Fi? Was it was actually Delta Sigma Theta? So, Delta Sigma Theta. Yes. Okay. so it was my line sisters. And oh, okay, all right, yes. happy and anniversary! Thank you, <laughs> and they had donation. Yeah, um, I, but you know, we really have a red candle you. here, of course. If you didn't know, there's a, a, yeah. a red candle. I got all, all right, yeah. Uh, all, over, all over the place. Thanks for representing with the red, Chad. Yeah, yeah, my <laughs> wife, uh, um. Otherwise, right, we'll get Keisha on you. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, so, gonna, yeah. yeah, just to answer your question, going to say, um, it's not my job, but being there for eight years, like, I do a little bit of everything. Uh -huh. So, you know, I, I definitely fundraise for my organization, right? You could see me at any given time posting something on my social media to say, hey, guys, come help. Yeah. help. Um, I bring in groups of volunteers. I talk to my social network. Um, my personal network, and I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. Because it's when I leave the food bank, I don't leave it there. It just it stays right. with me. I know what it looks like. I know what it what it is, and I, I try to make sure that I'm raising awareness and you know giving people this information and and helping them to understand what it really looks like out there. So just yeah. in sharing those stories, the people that are close to me want to help. They want to be connected. Sure. They want to help. Um, we do have a fundraising team. Um, and we have a marketing and communications team. So we have a full staff that that really they work diligently to make sure that our marketing um, is on is on par and that we're connecting with donors and we're telling our story. Right. Because that really is a part of what people need to understand to be able to say, oh, OK, I didn't know that. I'll help you um, yeah. if you follow us on social media. We posted something a couple of days ago and it was a quote. And actually we posted it. Um, of, from a New Yorker, young girl in the Bronx who lost both of her parents to mm. COVID-19. And mm. she now is caring for her younger siblings. And she oh said, I don't, I don't have enough food. I don't have enough money to buy food. And I don't have enough food to take care of myself and now them. Um, so she came to one of the uh, large pop-ups that we did out at Barclays. And so that's another thing that we do. We go to iconic locations and we will take a trailer load of food and offload it right there and uh, and make sure that people see us and that they know we're there to provide them what they need. So we've been doing a lot of that. Whew, amazing. Amazing. Uh, you know, uh, it seems... You know, in the world of you know what where we come from and our just our friends alone, it seems like everyone who's quote unquote balling, 
you know, on a budget or or acting like they're balling, this is the appropriate way to to put your money where your mouth is. And and if you say a dollar a week or a dollar, I mean, if someone can contribute and they can contribute silently, they don't have to go and you know be on the front page. They can put their PayPal in, and we've entered our PayPal into uh, the website here, and we're going to make a, a donation. Thank you. Um, so we appreciate that. And um, because we, it's you can give to a homeless guy on the street. You can give right. to someone you pass by, and you don't. It's like you said, a drop in the bucket. It feels like it doesn't help. Um, this organization seems like it. It it helps. It doesn't seem. It doesn't have the ear um, shot of an old soup kitchen like I'm thinking of in my head, and I think. I think we all have that negative undertone of what we think is, you know, last time we've ever stand, stood on one, right? It may, average person who's in the middle class may not know this. So um, you said these facilities are pretty decent. They're high end. They're, de they're, they're not, you know, they're not raggedy. Yeah. Uh, you spend yeah. a lot of uh, money in infrastructure. Can you tell us a little bit more about the infrastructure and the facilities themselves? Look, we have we have pantries throughout the city, right? And so, you know, some of them are in a church basement and they're small, and then we have large multifaceted organizations that have buildings um, and they have pantry spaces inside. Um, so I think the key thing throughout all of them is that they serve with dignity, right? And so yeah. if you go there, you are going to encounter someone who understands that A, you have you're dignified, you're a person, they're gonna treat you as a person. Um, that you have feelings, right? And that you're there because you have a need. You could have fallen on hard times. Yeah. You know, you could, whatever your story is, it is your story. There's no one that is going to question you um, and grow you about, you know, why you're here and why aren't you working somewhere to make sure you get what you need. And so that's for, for us, that's important. Mm -hmm. um, and that, and the other thing is that the food that you're getting is quality food, you know, whether it's a prepared meal that is, you know, plated and you're sitting down to enjoy or a bag of groceries. And I mean, we're giving out fresh produce. I'm not talking about, you know, snacks and cookies. We're giving people right. food that can make meals. You're going to get some frozen proteins and chicken and beef. Oh. You're going to get an abundance of fresh produce. You're going to get grains. You're going to get cereal and rice. Um, so we're really making sure that what we are putting out doesn't make people sick. Yeah. That doesn't help, right? Yeah, so no, no. Bad food. Um, and, and then you are struggling with diabetes or hypertension and that's not going to help you. And right. so you're low income, you either have Medicaid or no health insurance. We don't want to make you sick. Yeah. Um, so that is also really important. And um, the other thing that I didn't talk about in addition to the food is that there's so many people that are coming to us for supplies other than food. So oh. when you're thinking about paper goods, um, actually tomorrow at our location in Harlem, we're actually hosting a Mother's Day event. Where we're going to be giving out diapers and wipes oh. um, to moms oh, okay. and small children. Oh. So we're prepared to serve 200 moms tomorrow um, to be able to make sure they have what they need for their babies. And so we we do, it runs the gamut. We really are, we're a food bank, but we're more than just food. Yeah. yeah food bank, and you seem to also assess the need of what that community needs and the fact that you provide what that community needs. Like the one thing that stuck out in my head when you talked about predatory lenders, it's yeah. just like these. Uh, if I had my way, I'd handle them a little bit differently. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, but the fact that that these communities are overrun with with those types of people who take advantage of of people who are in those scenarios, and the fact that you can help steer them away from that—that's absolutely fantastic. Absolutely, because they begin to trust us, right? We develop a rapport and then a relationship, and we become a trusted community partner. Um, and that's really important. If people trust you, they're going to come to you. They're going to come back to you. Um, they're going to trust you with their money. They're going to trust you with um, their children. One of the things that we are hearing now is that some immigrant families who were um, afraid of being deported were going into some of the pantries and asking them to help create safety plans for their children. So mm -hmm. literally wow. such fear that if they are deported, um, you know, what's going to happen to my children? Can wow. you help me create a safety plan? Wow. So we're, we're talking about, you know, volunteer-led organizations of, of seniors and, and other just everyday New Yorkers who are now being faced with these types of questions and, and needs from, from those who they once were just providing food to, and now they're providing so much more. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, let's, let, what, what is, um, and 
sorry if I sound ignorant, but what is your biggest uh, municipal challenge? Are you are you looking for money from the state, the government? Are you are you looking for more dollars for your program um, from our our city officials? Mm-hmm. So again, the city has been amazing in providing support. So we are getting um, support from the city. We're getting support from the federal government. We're getting support from the state. Um, so right now during this crisis, there has been a really tremendous response. Um, so we're happy for that. Um, obviously, again, we don't know what post-COVID is going to look like. We don't know right. how long this is going to go. Um, I think you know our, our hope is that uh, city, state government will continue to monitor and, and assess, but also continue to, to push uh, resources our way because we have the expertise to know how to use those resources and again, how to maximize on our dollars. We know where the need is. We know how to meet the need exactly where it is. Um, right. and we know what to do with the funding and we and we're trusted. We're trusted, trusted. by New Yorkers who know us. And this again is pre-COVID. So we're super excited um, yeah. to be able to do the work that we do. Nice, nice. That's important that um that they support you. So um, do you have to get and um, again I'm sorry, but do you have to go through which branch of government are you uh, liaisoning with? Is it the uh, uh um city council level? Where are you connected to? Are you at the uh district yeah, all assembly? Of all of them. Right? Yeah, city council. So we work directly with the city council, and we've gotten okay. funding from the city, we work with the state, we're working with the Department of um, Agriculture, uh, we're working with New York Department of Health. So we're working across all all of the city and government officials to be able to make sure that there's an understanding of what our needs are. Hmm. We have our own advocacy team um, as well. And so they are on the front lines of advocating for us based on, again, what we're hearing. We do a lot of surveying our network. So going to our soup soup kitchens and pantries and saying, what are you seeing? What are your needs? And then being able to take that data because data really helps to tell the story, right? And so for me to just come and say, hey, the lines are longer. How much longer? What does that mean? So for right. me to be able to say over 50% of those who we surveyed are reporting seeing increases, that's huge. Um, so really being able to do that. And we also have a research team that is helping us to be able to assess the need and take that data and help us to put that into play. So mm. all of those things are happening in our organization. I see my mom's friend on there. Hi, Carolyn. Yeah, <laughs> Carolyn, good friend of ours. We grew up together. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, the Sanders is a great family. Uh, <laughs> you know, this is this is so, uh, so enlightening. And, um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time on this show uh, BS and because we, that's what me and John do. Um, and we love these, these diamond and a rough moments where we're able to share with people, whether we have one fan, two fan, a hundred fan, you know, 1500 subscribers on YouTube, maybe two or three people pass by today said hello, but someone out there, one person, one donation makes a difference. That's all it takes. Absolutely. Sure. Makes a difference. That's all it takes. Right. So, so, so for all of those out there who think, um, you know, their their uh, contribution won't matter, uh, Dr. Kamisha Grant will tell you your your contribution does matter. Um, I'm sure you could change the life of someone. Do you? Um, how do? How does it? I'm assuming again when you're in this charitable side of the business, uh, not for profit, or you're not you're not looking for the. Uh, the satisfaction you can tell, right? You can tell from the people you've served, the communities that are happy. You don't look for a number. Uh, are you? Are you number? I you mentioned a little algorithm trying to figure out percentage wise. Does that make you happy at the end of the day that you've served more families than you did yesterday, or is it? It's never going to be enough. I don't ever see us, you know, closing this gap. Uh, but I can see us trying every day, you know. Right. So are Absolutely. you? Yeah, are you are you excited about the numbers and are you trending in a in a way that's uh, pleasing to you? Um, that's always been such a difficult question, you know. Um, okay. If you think about the reality of serving more families, that just means the need is greater, right? That right. means the lines are longer. That means there's more that we now have to do to be able to close the gap because more people are demonstrating need, and so you know, that part doesn't make me happy, right? Because now I know, wow, we're seeing more people than we served. We're in trouble. 
we're, yeah, something's going on. So we're working as diligently as we have been and or harder, but we're seeing even more people. And we know it's about the circumstances that we're in right now. We know that, you know, it's about all of the things, all of the exterior factors and criteria that sort of play into people's daily lives. And we know that that's a real thing. Um, but the satisfaction comes in, in knowing that when people are walking away just in that moment with a full shopping cart and a smile on their faces, um, because mm-hmm. they know at least for the next couple of days, they don't have to worry about if they're going to eat or not. They don't have to worry about if they're going to be able to feed their children or not. And they walk out and they walk out grateful. Um, yeah. And that's really just so tremendous. You know, people are saying thank you. People yeah. are grateful to be able to just get what they came for. And even if they thought that they were going to get chicken and we only had turkey. I mean, they're just grateful yeah. to be able to have food. And yeah. so, you know, that just makes you feel accomplished in the moment and just a sense of satisfaction and knowing that at least for the next few days, they're going to be able to eat and they're going to be okay. I don't know what's going to happen after that. Right. To come back here, we hope that we're going to be able to still do what um, we do and help them in a way that we can. But um, truly- you just kind of have to take every small, you know, win and just be yeah. excited about it. Right. Well, it sounds like you're winning. I mean, it, it really sounds like the uh, the opportunity for people, uh, resources. Uh, our community lacks um, resources. And if and if Two Bros Podcast can at least share resources such as a food bank for New York City, by damn it, we're going to share those resources <laughs> and make sure somebody gets on that line. You don't have to have pride. You, um, we've all been there. I mean, especially when you come from uh, the uh, welfare culture, yeah. um, it is it is a psychological um, challenge for many people to stand and ask for a handout and stand yeah. and, and ask for help. Right. Um, it's, not but, easy. it's not easy. But, but it is the it is the most least of the of the it's the least of the problem in that chain mm-hmm. of what could be wrong with you. You could die. You could have physical ailments. So when you look at the choices, ooh, beg for food or or go to a place like this or sit out on the street and dig to a garbage can and unhealthy. Look at look at the option. I mean, there's there's very um few and far between. So we we commend you for your efforts here. And um, I think this is a great resources for New Yorkers. Now, um, is this program, you said, obviously, the title is New York City, but is it is it you see this program growing in other cities, states? So Food Bank for New York City serves just the five boroughs. There are other food banks and we're under the umbrella of Feeding America. So it's called Feeding America. And we're governed by Feeding America. All food banks are. So we are for New York City. Um, there's a food bank for Long Island. Okay. Um, there's a food bank in Westchester. So so we are not going outside of the city. Um, and we're just going to keep working and doing what we can to meet the need right here in the five boroughs. Good. I'm sure you have your hands full. Oh, we did. <laughs> wow. Wow. So tell people today uh, one more time. I mean, the link is we'll post the link. It's in the thread here. We'll repost it again. But you you mentioned that people can donate today. Is that true? Is that- you can donate today. You can donate every day. Um, go to our website. I think you have the link there. It's www.foodbanknyc.org. Yep. Um, it's an easy opportunity to help your neighbor out. Um, and we make it very easy to donate. Uh, if you go to our website, the steps are really clear on how to give. Mm-hmm. Um, $1 helps us to buy five meals for a New Yorker in need. Um, so we understand that times are difficult right now. And if you cannot give, that's okay too. Sure. But if you if you can and you want to you know, you want to help and do your part, please, by all means, go to our website and donate. Now, it also says uh, that, and I'm reading the website here, it also says that you can actually volunteer. Is there a long wait for volunteering? Is there, what's the process in someone just filling out an application saying, how do I help? I'm physically, I don't have money, but I'm physically capable and I want to help. Yes. And we do. We love our volunteers. I'm literally just pushing the donation part today because due to COVID-19, we can't have any volunteers coming. Right right now you're on a freeze basically for physical people. But you have enough people doing what they do, but financially you will take. Yes. And when we are open again and when hopefully things pass, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll certainly uh, encourage New Yorkers to come and help us out. You can go to our website as well to your question and sign up to volunteer. It's very easy. You'll click on volunteer now. We'll ask you a couple of basic questions and we can get you set up. 
I love it. I love it. Um, absolutely. And we have somebody here that says, okay, we'll be donating tonight. Thank That's you. What this is all about. That's what this is all about. We, awesome. Just one person can make a difference. And, and that, is awesome. that is awesome. And we've achieved yeah. our goal. Carolyn, thank you yes. so much for tuning in. But more important, thanks for your donation. Yeah. We want to thank Kamisha Grant. Oh, excuse me, Dr. Kamisha Dr. Grant. Dr. Kamisha Grant. Don't put that. Man, you know how many how much you had to pay for that doctor? Still paying, John. Still paying. <laughs> well, Kamisha, we love you. We we, we oh, I love you guys too. Thank we you. Thank so you much. for your time here. Thank you so much. We really we hope you can come back when we can have some more success stories. Absolutely. Uh, we love to come back post COVID and talk yeah. about when this was all a dream and we all woke up. Absolutely. But um, again, your 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 tireless efforts are do not go unappreciated. We really appreciate everything that you're doing, you. and we wish you continued success. Uh, again, the uh, food bank for New York City for all you uh, participants in the New York City area. Five boroughs only. Five boroughs. John. Yes. Thank you, Dr. Grant. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Same here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for taking the opportunity to help us tell the story of need in our city. Um, and I'm happy to come back post COVID. And as you said, just kind of talk about this thing as a thing of the past. So. Amen. Amen. Give it up for Dr. Kamisha Grand Party people. This has been Two Bros Podcast, episode 99. Seven. Seven. <laughs> All right, party people, go have a blessed week, but more important, be a blessing to someone else. And feed them. And feed them. How are you going to do that, <laughs> All right, Kamisha, thank you. Thank you, guys. Big thank you to Dr. Kamisha Grant for joining us and reminding us that food insecurities and hunger is still a problem. Even in the land of COVID, especially in the land of COVID, probably now more exacerbated now in the land of COVID. And I did not know that the food bank in NYC provided so many other services other than uh, just providing people uh, with meals and providing people with food. And a reminder, she represents uh, Food Bank NYC. That's the five boroughs uh, of New York City. Foodbanknyc.org is where you can make a donation. One dollar is good enough for five meals. One dollar for five meals. However, don't forget to check out your local food bank. So if you live outside of the New York City area, I'm sure there's going to be an organization that's helping out with families that are having issues putting food on the table at this time. Once again, thank you, Dr. Kamisha Grant. We'll do our part. And we hope you join us again on another Two Bros podcast. Peace.